0: I cut out whatever bull crap we say in the beginning anyways. So Right, but you can't
1: cut out burps. <laughs> Did you listen <laughs> to that one? Yeah. <laughs> Episode three, I had a case of the burps. <laughs> and I'm not used to being part of the mainstream media like I am now, and I just <laughs> let it happen. <laughs>
0: headquarters here
1: yeah jibblers headquarters
0: Mm-hmm. jibblers hq uh downtown uh <laughs> downtown daybreak utah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a happening place this is where uh, this is like the podcast capital of utah
1: is what they call it yeah well the podcast capital of western suburban salt lake um what's the word metropolitan area yeah yeah
0: um so we just watched a very sad movie yeah it was impactful yes grave of the fireflies um but before we talk about that i was thinking we could give a little bit more background into who we are because we haven't really talked about us or Ooh. our credential credentials you know what qualifies us to be uh to be doing this podcast i'll I'll say first of all um me uh <clears throat> well you were born in korea yes um so I feel like i have which is basically it's japan. basically <laughs> japan there's not as we know uh they look the same and they probably speak like almost the same same language i think well i think in korea
1: they speak korean
0: yeah but have you heard it it sounds like it's all mishmash
1: yeah no you're right
0: yeah uh so and that's basically my only credential because, <laughs> born in korea yeah because well for a living i build cabinets Mm-hmm. So that ha- doesn't really have anything to do with. Studio there were Ghibli. some
1: cabinets in uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, there was
0: there. How there, were they?
1: Good. Uh, yeah, they had
0: some Japanese furniture and some nice uh, things in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Japanese furniture and and woodworking. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are your credentials, Scott? You are a, a
1: therapist. I'm a psychotherapist. And uh, but I studied film, yeah, for my undergraduate degree. Yeah, Uh, where double major in film and psychology at uh, BYU University in Provo, Utah. On on the ground of Earth. There you go. Mostly we're Earthlings. Yeah, proud of it. So we yeah, I guess. We have that in common with the characters.
0: Yeah, that's true. So I guess that's another
1: credential. Well, except. uh, The alien that was in it. Well, except, I guess um, the other. The first two films we watched don't really take place in our world. Yeah. Our reality. This is the first. uh, Well. Totoro. Totoro. Yeah.
0: Which are were released as a double feature, mm-hmm. uh, both exist on Earth. First little fact for you guys: mm. this is why we do this—to really blow your minds with amazing facts, Tasty like factoids, like Totoro, *Totoro* and *Grave of the Fireflies*, both set on Earth.
1: <laughs> yeah, not many people.
0: Well, many at least people I read that. that. I don't know. I read that on the internet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just had I just had a I just thought that maybe our mics weren't on and I looked.
1: Oh, mine's. uh... But
0: then I realized that we looked and they are registering. So yeah, we'll see. Should we? Should we like pause and and just double check that it is recording and then come back and continue. It's recording. Are we sure though? Yeah. Because I'd hate to do this for like an hour or so and then look. And then it's like somehow not registered or it's registering through that or something.
1: No, it's registering through this, through these. Can we check anyways, though?
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. We're going to take a little break. Yeah. And then we can hear the sound quality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it.
0: So where were we? Oh, it sounds good. Don't worry, guys. It sounds good. There might be a little bit of a hiss from maybe the a thing snake in the room yeah we it's might best just to yeah just let him if you hear a little hiss it's fine yeah don't or worry free. it sounds Snakes. we got these we got these new mics and we plug them into our old zoom recorder uh with fancy mic cables and so it sounds better but uh there might be a little hiss. We'll work it out.
1: What are these uh mics called? ATR twenty one hundred USBs?
0: Yeah, Audio Technica. Just the one the one that Amazon sells you when you type in
1: like podcasting, podcasting mic. mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're legit now. Yep. hmm And ever since we got that new sponsor, we're rolling in money.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, why don't you tell us about the new sponsor?
1: Bugs. <laughs> What about them? <laughs> and they uh, scraped together some money, and uh, they just wanted to, us to tell you about, you know, don't knock them. They're, uh, they're just doing their best. They're, they're not they're, gross? No, no. Yeah. They're
0: great. They kind of have a new uh, image that they're trying to market. Right, yeah. That they're not gross, um, that they're great,
1: and... Um, that they're really cool.
0: Too hard to squish, so don't even try. Yeah, no,
1: you'll hurt yourself. Yeah. Um. Yeah, really cool. I said that right. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Just super make sure, Yeah. Smart. Make sure you get everything on the copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they already made a deposit into our. Yeah. Account. Mm-hmm. So bugs. Get uh, them while you can. Use our promo code. Jibblers, just in uh, the in the wilderness.
0: Yeah, and I guess what you'll get if you use that promo code is
1: more bugs. <laughs> if you're admiring bugs, use the promo code Jibblers, and uh, it'll be great. Trust me. You'll
0: yeah, you'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, <laughs> trust us, bugs.
1: Bugs. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um
0: Now that we got business out
1: of the way. Speaking of bugs, you know what's a kind of bug? Oh <laughs> let me guess. Ants. No. Uh fireflies. Oh. Really cool. Um, do you have any memories with fireflies in your life? Uh are there fireflies in Hawaii? Uh no.
0: Yeah, I didn't think so. I no, think the first I time I saw fireflies was
1: visiting family here in Utah. There are no fireflies in Utah. Uh then what am I remembering, Scott? <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. Maybe out on the East Coast? Yeah. I visited people. I feel like fireflies are more in humid areas. Mm. That's what I feel like. That's another one of that. That's part of (laughs) Scholarpedia. You know? It's in there
0: (laughs) under the entry fireflies. And if that's not true, then... It says fireflies,
1: (laughs) mostly in humid areas. They're wicked cool. (laughs) I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's not true, then why do I feel like that? It's got to be true. Although, this is a true story, uh, because I read it in a newspaper... Um, There have been fireflies actually spotted in Utah, but they're very rare.
0: Firefly spottings. Yeah,
1: but they're very rare. Oh. Like, they're new to Utah. Oh, interesting. Like, they've just been here five years or something, and Brooke and I, uh, our illustrious sister... Uh, tenacious, wonderful sister Brooke and I mm-hmm. went firefly hunting as soon as we got the news. You know, whoa, that's so but cool. But We couldn't find any. I
0: I love hearing when like a new species makes it to an area. Like when in Hawaii when we uh, when we got wallabies. Mm-hmm. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah, I never went and saw them, but apparently there was like a valley. Where some wallabies got loose? Uh-huh. Is that what happened? Oh, I would set loose from wallabies. <laughs> like they got anywhere. loose and started breeding or something? Uh I don't know. This might be part of Aaron, Aaronopedia. Uh-huh. But um <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that
1: wallabies, wallabies started. Wallabies are uh, in, Hawaii in, Hawaii in Hawaii breeding with the fireflies. Um And making fire bees. Uh huh. I'm just I'm just mixing up our uh, assumptions about the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh, I thought of a joke. Say it. Ohio gozaimas and Nebraska gozaimenos.
0: <laughs> Pretty good. huh? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Ohio gozaimas <laughs> Nebraska Gazai Minnows
1: Cause You can make one up It's easy You just put a state uh-huh. And then you just say Gazai Minnows Okay w- Let me try
0: <laughs> Ohio Gazai <I'm> Moss
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> California Gazai <'cause I've> Minnows <laughs> It's See Yeah, that's really good, Scott. Not only did you make a joke, but you made like a joke structure that can be
1: used for many
0: laughs Yeah, feel free to
1: uh, use that at home. I'm going to
0: turn my sound off on my phone because it just uh, made bird sounds at me. Oh. I changed my phone. My, My phone used to make like a noise. It used to go, hey, anytime I got a message. Right. But so many people like were not like freaking freak, out about not it freaked out but like freaking out about it. like anytime it would happen they'd be like what who what? said that yeah where where did that come from yeah and so every single time i'd have to be like that's my phone don't don't worry
1: uh-huh. i'm just really popular <laughs> yeah so getting all the it. texts um true fact though and this is true uh ohio gozaimas as you know means hello yes Nebraska Gozaimenos is actually a Japanese word that that means how are you. Oh, interesting. So just same together. Ohio Gozimas, Nebraska Gozaimenos. It means hello, how are you in Japanese. Wow. That's
0: so interesting mm-hmm. that they uh, that they use states like
1: that. Well, it's just it's a random cognate. Oh, is that it? It's one of those coincidences. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pretty interesting. Hmm. Um,
0: should we talk about this film? Yeah.
1: How I are feel you like feeling? I feel like
0: our our podcast structure is always like we just kind of meander around. But I'm fine with that. Um, in fact, if you try to uh, make our podcast have more structure, I will actively fight
1: against it. I defy you to do it. To fight... To try and change our structure. Oh, so you're with me. I'm Aaron. I'm your podcasting compadre. Okay, good.
0: (laughs) Because I was worried that you might try to uh, make us have more structure, in
1: which case I would uh, sabotage us. No, but what about this? Uh, What about cutting... Remember the first uh, or the second episode... Where we do that uh that like oh, what's it called summary, what's another word for summary, what's a summary synonym uh, remember we had that little why do you need one it's it's a good it's a good word, okay, uh remember we did that little thing that was like summary summary, and we did that little uh oh uh synopsis synopsis, okay, yes, <laughs> yes, we did the our little synopsis jam. Yeah, we could make one a new one up every time. Oh, or we uh, could cut it and put it in every time the same one that we made up. Yeah, yeah, that might be you know funny. It might be. Here is my problem with that: is that um, uh, it wasn't very good. That's why it's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) To put put it in every time. Okay. Um, Or we could just make a better one. No, no, no. Yeah, that's fine. Um how are you feeling after watching that f- film? Oh my gosh, so
0: so sad. <laughs> I'm feeling really sad, Scott. It was I was feeling sad the entire movie. Um it's not it's it's not a happy movie, even like the happy parts mm-hmm. where they're at the beach and kind of enjoying themselves and stuff and other moments are just, like, tinged with this sad omen of the opening of the film where th- the opening scene is the main character, what's his name, Saita? Saita. Saita, uh, like,
1: dying. In and a- I don't think, I I guess that's not a spoiler because he says it literally in the opening shot of the film. He says, this is the day that I die. Yeah. So the the film is sort of narrated uh
0: sparsely. Like
1: the narr- it's not
0: really narrated. There's only
1: two there's only two lines. Yeah. And they are this is the day that I die and should I spoil the ending? Yeah, this is a spoiler uh, um accepting podcast. It's spoilerful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um but really though, if you haven't seen it well, here's the thing, though. I don't know how much spoiling it is because uh, the basic premise of this you know, movie— You know from the beginning that, that they both die. They both die. Yeah. So, yeah, the I thought it was really poignant. The only two, yeah, um, narration is simply this is the day, the day that I die and she never woke again. Yeah. That's the only voiceover.
0: Yeah, the only voiceover. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's sort of bookended
1: by this mm-hmm. spirit of Saita. So, so we had an interesting experience uh, in the that um, brings something to the ongoing debate of subbed versus dubbed. Yeah, yeah. Talk about our experience with subbed versus dubbed with this film. We started *Grave of the Fireflies*, and it's based on a brother and uh, who's like what, fifteen or sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a uh, ninth <laughs> grader, I think. So that's what? Uh, 14. Like 14. Yeah. And his little sister, who is four. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Set, 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 Setsuko. 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 Um, but it's pronounced. Uh, Setsuko.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pronounced like. Setsuko. 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 It's
1: more like the ooh is kind of swallowed. It's kind of Setsuko. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Setsuko. Um, I was thinking there's a rule in Japanese uh, pronunciation that usually the second to the last syllable is stressed. I don't know. But maybe I get that wrong. But, side note, little Japanese pronunciation. I think think
0: it's... Mm. I don't know anything about Japanese, but, like, I feel like uh, the... um, Tsuko, like the t s u k o mm. that it that's a sort of an ending that's on a lot of things and i think it's always kind of swallow
1: like that it's kind of uh, cuz yeah they tsuko. did kind of zuko it. kind of um let's go but here is a good thing to know um if you're reading anglicized japanese the vowels are just a e i e, o u it's, it's uh it's as simple as that you guys mm-hmm. don't sweat it you know, so, sometimes people are like... I I'll hear other podcasts where there's they're reading Japanese names and they're like, Watanabe? It's mm-hmm. like, no. It's just always A-A-E-O-U, Yeah, like Spanish. Um, so anyway, uh, we're watching it uh, dubbed and subbed so we can compare what they're saying in English to the English subtitles. And the voice of Setsuko was... Just very bad, pudding in very bad for the English, yeah. The English actor, it was obviously an adult, yeah, doing playing a four year old. And so she would go, I want some food, yeah. It was distracting, very distracting. It, uh, I,
0: we changed it so 10 minutes in because. I just couldn't take it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm really glad that we did.
0: I, I prefer a, a dub, but I prefer a good dub. Right. A bad dub can really
1: just ruin it. Oh yeah. And uh I I think that the the voice acting in in Japanese for this one was super good. Yeah, I thought really, it was really, good. really good. When as soon as we switched to the Japanese, you can tell that the voice actor for uh, Setsuko is a real child and actually I was reading uh about the casting process and I th- it said that she was even younger No, she was 5. Oh, she was 5. Yeah. Oh. Maybe what it said was uh they thought she was too young. To, that's that's to what do I read. It. Yeah.
0: They thought she was too young and so they they didn't they gave her uh no lines for the line reading for uh-huh. the Uh, casting they just told her to say her name and
1: her age right and that's all it took she was so good though like um towards the end when she's dying of malnutrition and she was uh, hallucinating yeah the voice acting that scene um, struck me too i i noticed yeah oh my gosh and how do you tell a five-year-old voice actor like just pretend like you're dying yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah
0: she sounded so weak it, it, man yeah i i really teared up in that part mm-hmm. I, but also i really teared up in most of the movie right. i was kind of tearing up even like in the happy parts because it's just so sad to see this happy part when you're when you're like you know mm-hmm.
1: that opening scene is just hanging over it the whole movie totally but but i feel like the happy parts really did capture a feeling of happiness well especially but i mean you're right tinged with with that sadness but especially when they move out of their aunt's mm-hmm. their mean aunt's house and move into the shelter and then they they light this uh dark shelter with fireflies and then they uh when they're like looking up you can really feel like his elation and kind of like, yeah, we're on our own. And yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to, things are looking up kind of. Yeah, but that was so,
0: uh, it was so sad too, just to see his kind of excitement about being on their own. Yeah. And then just knowing like, but it's just going to go so bad right, for them. Man. Should we
1: do a synopsis to kind of orient our listeners?
0: Yeah, I think we should let's go over the synopsis of the movie and then you can talk a bit about uh the director Takahata. Oh, yeah. Um so uh so it's uh it starts off with um the main character uh Seta uh and his younger sister and their mom uh and they um and they are being firebombed by the US in World War II uh and then the uh the mother dies uh very brutal scenes of her burns and wounds that was the first uh moment in the movie where I was like okay they're not holding back any punches <laughs> yeah. this is not for kids really which is interesting because uh, and we can talk more about the marketing and stuff of the movie later, but it was kind of supposed to be for kids and their parents to go see. Right. Yep. Which, you know, kids can see uh, death and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's healthy for them, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, it did not hold back at mm-hmm. all from the get go. Um, just like seen, just images of maggots on the ground of the hospital, like mm-hmm. just really brutal stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, so the, um, Seita and Setsuko are forced to, uh, go live with their aunt who Mm -hmm. at first is very welcoming. Uh, but pretty quickly starts to kind of, um, kind of, uh, resent them. Yeah. Yeah. Resent them for taking up food and shelter and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and so yeah, she just keeps on complaining about how they're eating all the food and they don't really earn anything and they're being lazy and he needs to you know help out with the war effort and stuff. Um, and she she uh, convinces him to sell uh, his mother's kimonos uh, for rice, uh, and then she keeps most of the rice. You know, she mm-hmm. sort of feels like it; she deserves it for letting them stay with her Mm -hmm. um and and then uh he he decides that it's time for them to to leave that they're not really welcome anymore Mm -hmm. so they go um and set up sort of a makeshift shelter in uh like a it's like a air raid shelter that no one really uses though yeah sort of in the side of a mountain it's like a cave uh you know prop it like it's kind of like a like a cave, but it's got timbers and kind of um framing and stuff. Yeah. Um and At first it's it's uh kind of fun. Yeah. Uh but then they run out of food mm-hmm. and things start getting desperate mm. and uh and Setsuko starts getting sick from mm. malnutrition and she dies. She's so cute. And then he dies, and then that's the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they're sitting on a hill looking at... Modern day. Modern day Kobe. Yeah, which is where it's set. Which is where it's set. Yeah. yeah. So it's their spirits watching modern day Kobe.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think the, the main sort of uh story re- revolves around the um the relationship with the aunt and his stubbornness and her stubbornness and and pride and kind of uh
1: both of their yeah what did you think about that where the one guy said well you should just go apologize yeah. to her yeah i think uh, yeah. Do you think he was being uh, selfish by not a, not going back and apologizing? I don't think he owed. I think she owed them an apology. Yeah. But when you're that desperate, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, trying to think. Suck the, it up. The movie for Setsuko's
0: sake. The movie is based off of a very famous short story in Japan uh autobiographical uh, story about a guy who um whose younger sister four years old uh died of malnutrition um and he felt guilty his whole life and he kind of wrote the the short story to uh help kind of uh, exercise you know those those feelings that would be uh Akiyuki Nosaka who wrote mm-hmm. the short story and and I th- and um Takahata the he, director yeah he wanted to get that across the the kind of guilt and uh and he says repeat he said repeatedly afterwards that it's not it's not a war movie it's not a, an anti-war movie Anti- yeah um which i which it sort of is i think he was wrong he he was very adamant about that it's not he says there's no message of anti-war in it mm-hmm. which i don't think i think he was wrong about well, because there it's, is it's kind of like even if he didn't want there the to be the message of
1: the film is what the viewers take away from it but yeah. i think his, but what he one intended, of his points was though that uh someone who is pro-war could use it as justification uh something like if you want to prevent those things you need a strong military or something like that like yeah um but like if it's... Japan had a stronger
0: military then that those kind of things wouldn't happen yeah
1: some something like that
0: yeah um and the, so the the message that he wanted to get across was was just like the like the sad story of um of these two kind of making the wrong choice and
1: leaving society and the the result of that was their deaths. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's so hard. So like, I don't know, do you think you would have just sucked it up and apologized? I don't
0: I mean, I think uh I w- knowing that that she was gonna die, I think I would have, but I don't think he ever he couldn't fully have known that, yeah, I don't think he ever thought I would get that far, and then
1: when it did, it was kind of too late mm-hmm yeah, mm um there was uh, I was surprised to learn that there were two live action versions of this story made later,, mm-hmm. and one in two thousand five and one in two thousand eight uh made in Japan. And they, at least the 2005 one, it had a completely different angle to the story. It was mostly about the ant, and it was a film about how a person can go from being a loving, kind, nice person to being so cruel. Yeah. As to, you know basically blame these kids and and kick them out and and stuff which was um very interesting to see too I mean that theme was also in this film but it wasn't the main thrust. Yeah you
0: didn't you didn't see her ever really being uh super welcoming and nice mm-hmm. or being a good person you kind of saw from the very beginning she was I don't know Maybe maybe it's because I knew sort of the plot ahead of time that she was gonna be mean mm. <laughs> that I kinda saw that from the beginning,
1: but You kinda see her cha- change a little as they get more. Yeah, I get desperate. a little bit more resentful. It's so it's so sad to see, but also it's like who are we to judge? Well, because A, we're Americans mm-hmm. and our country is what made you know this situation in the first place, and be like what would I do? You know, I'd yeah. like to think that if there was a food shortage, I would share with everyone until I you know and and I would die first and let the kids live on or whatever, but yeah, also she was just bad,
0: yeah, but yeah, I mean these kind of these these kind of movies make you think about that kind of stuff, think about what you would do in that situation. Yeah. And, you know, everybody wants to think that they would do the right thing, but uh, you know that not everybody does. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what and if it's, what if it's me that doesn't, what if I'm the one that turns resentful and right, it could happen to, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody
1: can be the the perfect ideal of themselves that they, that they wish you know right and i think that's one of the themes of this film too is looking at the tragedies of war not just in uh people dying but also people losing their humanity because there are a lot of people throughout the uh, film who see that these kids are starving who turn a blind eye yeah yeah there's there's uh a lot of sort of
0: contrasting shots like near the end when uh, you see kind of the rich uh, like girls returning to their, their home, you Mm -hmm. know, where they had, I guess, uh, gone away because of the bombings, like gone to somewhere safer. Mm -hmm. And they came back and they're like, Oh, it's just like we remembered. Oh, look, there's the phonograph and there's the, this and that. And and then they got to the balcony and they're like, Oh, I missed this view. And then it pans over. Yeah. And you
1: see that in the view is the little shelter where, they had been uh, holed up, and then they play the phonograph, and that becomes the the music in the background of this montage, where we see all we see Setsuko playing, you know, in the in the shelter mm-hmm. and being so cute, and it's so sad because she has just died in the previous scene. Yeah, and it is. Let me tell you, it is a heart string tugger yeah i liked uh did you read the uh roger ebert review i just know that he put it on his greatest films list in 2000 which he revised that list several times but yeah yeah
0: he said
1: uh in the review that
0: there are a lot of war films um that are sad and kind of heart-wrenching um it's just sort of the nature of the of the genre um but this is one of the only ones that is that uh truly conveys grief not mm-hmm. just sadness mm um yeah it's a very it's a very human film uh-huh. and i thought it was interesting uh i read that the author of the original book uh was always kind of reluctant to let it be made into a movie because he was afraid of the um child actors that they would get that it wouldn't convey it right or you know uh and then was kind of surprised when they when studio ghibli offered to make it an animated film Mm -hmm. um but when they showed him the storyboards and like the you know the pre-preliminary uh drawings and stuff he he was like oh yeah that's that's the only way that this Mm -hmm. movie could have been made Mm -hmm. you know to make it as realistic to what it actually was back then Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i guess that's because um well in the i think in the roger ebert review it talked about that and it said uh that if it were a live action film it would it would be too uh like The entertainment would come too much from the action and the violence. Mm -hmm, Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, because they'd have these big shots of like bombs going off and stuff, Mm -hmm. which is yeah, not, uh, I guess it's less compelling in an animated film. Like Mm -hmm. they had shots of bombs going off and stuff, but it's all kind of blended together into this, the same, you know, it's all drawn and so it's all the same. Well, and
1: it's sometimes evocative of the fireflies. Yeah, themselves. I mean, yeah. Fireflies are kind of like they look kind of like sparks and there's like ash, you know, uh in the air for several a couple scenes of this film and mm-hmm. I mean, visually it's um interesting. I say it makes it visually interesting. Yeah. Um, The fireflies come in too when... uh, Well, they come in multiple times, but uh, where they relate to the title is when they light their shelter cave with fireflies, and then the next day they're all dead. And uh, Setsuko Setsuko, uh, buries the fireflies and says, why do fireflies have to... Die so quickly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is very ironic. Uh, well, very. What's the word? Yeah, I think that's dramatic irony. Dramatic irony, considering that she she is, doesn't
0: know that she's gonna die too very uh-huh. soon. Yeah, yeah. You used it right. Don't worry that the irony police won't come and swoop down and
1: yeah. punish you. Irony is it's a very robust word. Often misused, it should be coincidence, but... Mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette. Yeah. You think Alanis Morissette's listening right now? I think... Uh, She's probably not listening right now.
0: Yeah, because no one is. Yeah. Right right now, while we're recording it? Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. like last week, where it was... Uh, not last week, but last time we've recorded, uh-huh. where it we had sort of a time anomaly and mm-hmm. one of our listeners was writing to us on paper
1: as as we were recording uh, yeah yeah that was that was something else how did they even do that yeah that was
0: sad like this movie because at the end the writer died
1: that's right that was a bonkers letter yeah did we keep that uh tossed it <laughs> I, well,
0: did you recycle it at least? No. Nope. Dang. Straight in a pond. I threw it in a pond. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, Grave of the freaking Fireflies. Man, what a film. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Trying to think of what else. I thought, yeah, like I said, I thought the voice acting was really good. When it really hit me was when... SeTA was caught by that farmer, and the farmer was taking him to the police station mm-hmm. like you could really feel the despair in his voice, yeah, you know, how do you even do that in a studio, you know, just in a recording studio mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, so in my mind that this is definitely one strike against dubs. Yeah, but also
0: there were a few times in the movie where they just straight up, at least the subtitle file that's on this disc that we have Mm -hmm. maybe uh, is bad or maybe there's a better subtitle file Yeah. uh, on on like the, I I actually did a little bit of research and they don't sell this uh, um, collection that you have anymore. Oh, really? They have it on Amazon, but you can't buy it anymore. Oh. And I've I read online that people say it's not really an official mm-hmm. Studio
1: Ghibli mm-hmm. like uh I got like 16 Studio Ghibli films for like $35. Yeah, we talked about it in the first a bit low. episode. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. There is uh like an official Disney
1: one uh-huh. that you can buy, but I don't uh, think but then you're you're it's it's a lot more man. expensive though. Oh I would imagine, yeah, sixteen uh yeah sixteen films. And it comes in a nicer well, twenty box film kind of now.
0: Thing. Yeah. Uh but I don't think it has everything. I don't think it has everything that yours has. Mm. For one thing, um is am I right that Grave of the Fireflies isn't uh isn't owned by Disney or like
1: something like that? Yes. It, Not
0: distributed by Disney like the other ones are? It wasn't included in the deal
1: yeah, or something? which kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, there was a deal, mm-hmm. and uh, and Grave of the Fireflies was left out of the deal. Because it's so sad? Well, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like a Disney film really at all. Yeah, right? it's... Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, Grave of the Fireflies and a couple others are really good examples of why... Studio Ghibli is not just is not the Japanese Disney as yeah. as it's sometimes called, you know, described as. But I think you're right though. So it was originally released as a double feature with My Neighbor Totoro and and intended to be viewed by kids and adults. And I think you're right that kids um, can handle a certain amount of this type of material with their parents you know mm-hmm. i mean i guess i'm no expert uh on on children and or child psychology psych- yeah well well i in my in my psychology practice in my therapy practice i just work with adults i don't want to i don't want to mess with kids yeah but uh don't want to mess up those brains yeah <laughs> too young and pliable they're just weird like they don't know anything you know yeah they're dumb uh-huh but you know, like how they used the the um, brothers Grimm fairy tales used to be all grim, but now we've like sanitized childhood. Yeah, children are capable of so much uh, fear. I remember when I was a kid watching Ghostbusters. I thought that was a straight up horror. I thought that was the scariest movie I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess by that I mean what I'm trying to say is kids feel things deeply and can be deeply impacted. And so you got to be careful, but they can – that's not necessarily a bad thing.
0: Yeah, and also kids, like, they – if someone dies in the family, they experience it just like you do. Like, they're not – you can't shelter them from death or from sad topics or from – uh, you know right f- just facts of life mm-hmm. forever so you yeah. know what's the point of there's no right age for someone in your family to die
1: right yeah um life doesn't wait until you grow up or whatever yeah to, so um what did you think of
0: uh of the i don't know what the proper like filmmaker term for it is but like the the story structure or like the you know how in the in the in the movie they kept on uh they had sort of a color theme or something where whenever there was like uh whenever it was bathed in orange light Mm -hmm. it would sort of be something to do with like sata's ghost or something like yeah like the beginning is all kind of bathed in orange light when he's in the subway station in the beginning. Yeah. And then there are other kind of shots inter like placed throughout the movie. Yeah. That were his ghost kind of looking in mm-hmm. or something like he's on the, the one I'm thinking of is he's on the train coming back from his mother's cremation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and then it kind of, moves back in the train cart and then it go it it uh goes to the other train cart. So you can see him in the distance now in the in the front train cart and uh in the foreground in the back train cart mm-hmm. it's bathed in orange light and you can see him again with Setsuko mm. and they're like their ghosts. Right. Um yeah. I think Takahata it just... does does a lot of kind of interesting story structure and stuff in his movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Doesn't he?
1: Oh, totally. Like,
0: only yesterday is all kind of winky-wonky.
1: <laughs> yeah, well put. No, totally. He is a master... He is a master filmmaker. Um, And, yeah, w- whenever there's the orange light, it's, like, evoking, like, the afterlife. Um, It's the kind of thing that would probably reward multiple viewings. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I think I... I'm going to
0: wait a while before I watch this one again.
1: Yeah, this one's like a once every 5 or 10 years kind of a Yeah. This is my third time seeing this movie. But uh one of the one of the scenes uh that you mentioned that I think is super interesting and shows how masterful Takahata is is when the girls so these girls in the who live in the in Kobe the town. Um they're not characters in the movies but in the movie at all, but um after Setsuko dies, we see these girls like come back into the town from wherever they were waiting out the war and they're going back into their into their kind of fancy house and they're putting on that record and then the record as I said before overplays with this montage of Setsuko. Uh just what an interesting choice. Mm, you know? What an interesting juxtaposition and how interesting that they're putting on the music that's the backdrop for Setsuko. It's just yeah. like a it's just like a tran really the function of it is just a transition. It's just like a musical transition mm-hmm. in the film. But it's just done in such an in such an interesting way that enhances the sense of place of the film. Yeah. You know. And it kind of broadens the scope of the theme of the film. It's about society and about this town. Yeah, yeah. It broadens the scope. That's true. Because then you start thinking
0: about like, man, how come their house didn't get destroyed mm-hmm. when it, you know, yeah. How come they got they were spared and it's not just and you know mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, a little bit about Isao Takahata the director... Um, Lay it on me. So... I can't remember... I'm bad at remembering what I've talked about before. I'll head you off if I remember. Okay, yeah. But... uh, Studio Ghibli is basically uh, Hayao Miyazaki, Isao Takahata, and... uh, Toshio Suzuki. Toshio? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Toshio Suzuki is the producer... And how, and then the other two direct, and then other directors came on, um, also later, mm-hmm. as we will see in our, in our later sc- films we talk about. But um, but really, it's the it's the baby of those three, and uh, Isao Takahata is a little bit older than Hayao Miyazaki, and he he survived bo- the bombings. That's right. He's the only one who was involved in the making of Grave of the Fireflies who survived the the bombings. Mhm. Uh which I still can't believe we did that. We being America.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, war is terrible. Yeah. We're we're so lucky. You you and I mm-hmm. are so lucky that we haven't really had any Major conflicts like that in our lifetime. Mm. I mean, the war—you know, war in the Middle East—doesn't really affect us like World War II did back then, right? Everybody in the world,
1: right.
0: And uh, and right now we're recording this (laughs) right when there's all this talk about North Korea and they're testing bombs and stuff, and Trump's kind of elevating the, the the tone of the aggressive tone and stuff. Which I don't think anything's gonna happen, but you know, mm-hmm. let's hope and pray
1: that nothing does because uh, war is just terrible. Um. But it, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Isao Takahata, and uh, he he was kind of Miyazaki's uh mentor. I mean, he had he started his career earlier and kind of took. Uh, Miyazaki under his wing, and at first, he would direct, and Miyazaki would animate um, the movies. And then, excuse me, I think that's including
0: right. including this, or is it? Are you saying before Studio Ghibli?
1: Before Studio, this was his first Studio Ghibli uh, movie, right? Talk that's kind of right. Um, but before yeah, Studio Ghibli. They did a series of projects together because they both worked at that one studio, which I forget what it's called right now. Mm, mm-hmm. I forget, too. Um, but they were they both worked at the same studio, and yeah, Takahata directed and directed and directed, and Miyazaki was always the one who was kind of uh, making Takahata's vision a reality. And then... Miyazaki had the chance to direct some of his own like he did that that post-apocalyptic uh you haven't read much about Miyazaki have you Uh oh man it's kind of a cool cartoon it's a post-apocalyptic cartoon about this like cave boy mm. caveman boy uh anyway that was one of the first things he Directed, and then he made, of course, the manga for Nausicaa, and then Nausicaa was the first feature that he got to direct. Yeah. And Takahata produced uh, that with... Uh, that might be wrong. Uh, I think uh, Toshio Suzuki produced that. But But anyway, Miyazaki came into his own, and... I mean, I don't know much more about Takahata because he's a lot more uh, reclusive, mm-hmm. and Miyazaki is the is the you know the one in the in the limelight. Yeah, the one in the limelight. Takahata is more behind the scenes, although, like, his films that he made are just like incredible. Um, for Studio Ghibli, he made this one, and then he made Only Yesterday. And then he made Pompoko and uh, Our Neighbors, the Yamadas. And he made um, Princess Kaguya, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, which is like his last film. And it's just this incredible ex- kind of experimental, like a different, uh, not only a different animation style, but the animation style in during the movie actually changes. Yeah, to reflect the emotional state of the protagonist. I mean,
0: it's a it yeah, I, I really liked I really I I haven't seen Pom or our neighbors the Yamadas, mm-hmm. but I've seen only yesterday. Only yesterday and uh the tale of Princess Kagu- Kaguya and I really like uh um Takahata's movies. I don't know it, I mean, I he's like more for edgy. Different...
1: He's more experimental. Yeah,
0: they're more kind of uh, like, like cinematic, like uh-huh. more kind of fancy film, you know, film criticy kind of movies, uh-huh. uh, which is cool, mm-hmm. and I like that. And I, I don't know, I don't know if I like one more than the other, Takahata and Miyazaki. Yeah, they're they're different
1: but i uh i think yeah they're both good in different ways and they over the course of their career developed a a nice feud as you know you might expect from feud
0: or rivalry
1: and uh, not feud rivalry yeah yeah
0: kind of a healthy rivalry
1: yeah where they, they don't they yeah as they both came into their own creative visions they agreed on less and less and whenever they work on on a project together they just end up arguing and until they basically just couldn't really talk to each other except for kind of veiled criticisms and oblique compliments you know through a third party every once in a while uh-huh. it's kind of cute yeah
0: just two grumpy old men <laughs> Yeah. You know what I want to see? Mm. Maybe we should uh sprinkle this in in between uh Studio Ghibli movies. Uh what's the name of that um that movie that uh anime that came out this year or like last year? Oh. That did like super well in Japan. Your Name. Yeah. Your name, yeah, I want to see that. It's I think it's uh, overtaken, uh, spirited away as the most the highest grossing animated film in Japan now. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. And it looks beautiful, like the animation. Mm-hmm. But I don't know much about it. But I think that would probably fit in.
1: You know, to, and uh, we and we really we should, should watch an on that. Mary and the Harry Potter. Uh, Mary and the Harry Potter rose broom.
0: Yeah. I don't think that's uh, out yet, but we'll see that when it comes out. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of an offshoot of Studio Ghibli. Yeah. It's uh, Studio Ghibli. Yeah, we talked about it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Anything else to say about Grave of the Fireflies?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Yeah.
0: We said it all.
1: Mm hmm. Well done. Well done, Aaron. Thanks. Are you gonna tell me well done? You did fine. Thanks. No, you did
0: really good, Scott. <laughs> oh, thanks. We both did so good, and we're so good at this. And uh, this podcast is really great. And uh, we're taking over.
1: Mm-hmm. Look yeah. out! So, look out, world, from Daybreak, Utah. Home of the
0: Gibblers. gibblers sleepy time
1: it's getting late here <laughs> <laughs> we're both kinda sleepy. It's been a sad, sleepy time, yeah, it's been kinda of, this this episode's been kind of down, well, you know, which is to be expected to be expected, but um hug your hug your little nibblers at home. Tell them you love them. Give them them little nibbles. Nibble them. Give them a little ball of rice. Mm Mm-hmm. This movie made rice just look so good. Yeah. Some more delicious anime food. Mm Mm-hmm. I like how
0: our outros (laughs) kind of meander for like five minutes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And they get derailed. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Eat a little uh a little fruit drop Dorapu. uh-huh, and some ice cream yeah, which uh, apparently is the Japanese word for ice cream
0: mm-hmm
1: and uh fruit drops up here uh is the theme in the movie, candy,
0: yeah, did you know that the Here's a little fact. The company that made those fruit drops uh, wasn't even incorporated until four years after the movie was the setting of the movie.
1: Oh, so they made them after the... No, like the movie takes
0: place in 45 or whatever. Right. And that company wasn't established until like
1: 48. Oh my gosh. It's an anachronism. Yeah. Oh, yep, they screwed no. up big time on that one. I'm gonna write. It, I'm gonna write that in the goofs section of the IMDb.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I read it. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> goof, goof! Man, what kind boy, of boy, what boy. kind of a downer? It takes a very specific kind of downer nerd to like write like goofs like that. You know? Yeah, they're just like. They'd see candy, and they're like, "I'm gonna see if that candy really <laughs> was in circulation in 1944." Yeah. <laughs> but but I but the, uh, feel like I read that they that they did a re-edition of the candy after the movie came out.
0: Yeah, yeah, they made like a like a yeah mm-hmm. that tin. They reproduced it.
1: That's cute. Mm-hmm.
0: Just looking through the trivia to see if there are any other. Any other giblets? Yeah. This film is the only G- Ghibli theatrical feature film not to be a part of the Disney Tokuma deal.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The uh, the outlines in the drawings were done in, with straight drowned, up brown. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Who could have seen that coming?
1: I thought, I thought the animation
0: uh seemed um i don't know it was good animation but it seemed like maybe a little bit less realistic than other ghibli than other like miyazaki movies like the um maybe it was like lower frame rates or something
1: mm.
0: i think i heard that actually that it the that's part of Aaron uh, that's in the Aaronopedia Mm -hmm. it's at a lower frame rate than uh oh really than
1: standard films Hmm. well actually as I recall the entry in Scottopedia is yeah why don't you pull that up yeah there was okay yeah that's right there was uh a controversy over the frame rate, and it was later discovered that it's actually the same frame rate as uh, other films. Oh, so the controversy was that I thought it was different. <laughs> Just kidding! I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I didn't notice that. But you're saying some of the motion was was more was less like smooth. It was more like anime. Yeah, and I think maybe wh- why did Takahata. Uh, direct
0: and not animate until later in his career. Was he maybe not as natural an animator as Miyazaki? Because I remember remember when we watched uh that documentary, mm-hmm. there was a scene of Takahata working on Princess Kaguya, mm. where he was saying like, uh, he was talking about cutting like cutting motions uh-huh. in his movies and how when he did only yesterday mm. uh he made sure that when they were cutting the melon in only yesterday that it looked more like there uh, was resistance like they were actually cutting because uh, he he always felt kind of bugged that they didn't get that right in Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, in that's the scene true. at the end when he's cutting the melon. <laughs> that's funny he just kind of like pushes the knife just kinda goes in like it kind of goes in in a kind of natural way right yeah and he and he didn't like that so i think maybe takahata isn't as uh he's an incredibly talented animator but yeah. i think Miyazaki is like is even better mhm yeah um, i can see that but i think it didn't really it didn't take away from the film at all like no. it was beautiful and yeah yeah very well animated mhm but uh, that that might be true. Could be.
1: You, you never know. Yeah. I could see that. It's deceptively simple. You know, it's just a movie about these two kids who die. Yeah. But there's so much thought. Two and kids craft who die and... but also
0: their mom dies and their dad dies. Right. And their aunt uh is mean to them. Right. Just a simple movie about <laughs> A whole family being destroyed, uh-huh. and their only relatives becoming resentful and and uh, spiteful. Uh-huh.
1: Mm. Well, there you go. Nibblers. Nibble on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. And
0: gonna end the podcast <laughs> <laughs> All he right. says we have to end it ever we could just sit here and record for hours
1: So, brush your teeth. Say and your
0: prayers. Don't be afraid of bugs and bears. Mm-hmm. Especially not bugs, because they're great. Oh yeah, they're our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Buy bugs.